Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Captain's Log, Stardate 99963.23. After a fantastic premiere, myself and Captain Shaw are both very curious whether Strange New Worlds can continue its rise in quality. We expected it to be good, but not this good. The void left by Star Trek Picard's absence must now be filled by Strange New Worlds completely, and I have a sneaking suspicion it's up for the task, as it were. Yeah, it's time for another episode of Treknological, a Star Trek Shakedown. We'd like to thank you very much for listening. Myself, Captain Vector, and my boy, Captain Shoff. Shoff, I know you're a little bit under the weather, but how, how, are you, how else are you doing besides that? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's just allergies. Okay. Just allergies. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound a lot like a cold, but it's just allergies. All right, cool. Well, we would like to, like I said, thank you very much for listening and let you know that we are part of a podcast network, the Geek So To Speak podcast network, which you can find at geeksotospeak.com slash network. You can find a plethora of podcasts over there, which I might be on every single one, but that's neither here nor there. You are listening <laughs> to Treknological, our Star Trek podcast, and I think... The best thing you could do right now is to give us a like, a subscribe, a review in Apple and Spotify, and tell all of your Trek-loving family and friends that Vactor and Shaw are here to fill all of your technological needs. And you know what? I think, Shaw, this is a perfect time to scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. I found some Trek news, sir. Shall I display it on the main view screen? Negative. Let's beam the news aboard, make it available for our listeners in the show notes. Uh, by the way, what kind of stories are out there right now, Shaw? Ah, well, Captain Vactor, let me tell you. Uh, we've got some information about bringing a young Uhura to life. That's available on Paramount Plus uh, via the Ready Room, which is Will Wheaton's show. <laughs> Uh, it's a great after show. Yes. I love that show. Uh, we've also got five Uhura moments to get you hyped for Strange New Worlds. Um, we also have some news related to John Delancey saying a heartfelt goodbye to Q. And believe it or not, actually, I do believe this, but um, I think just believe it or not for Star Trek, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is Star Trek's highest rated uh, series ever on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. and it's bringing non-Trek fans to the show. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that in the episode discussion, but that's uh, that's some of the news going on on the planet's surface. Excellent. Thank you very much, Captain Shoff. Let's set a course for our episode recap. Maximum Warp. Aye, sir. Course laid in. Give me that Szechuan sauce! <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> never. Never gets old. 
It's going to be, give me that Mexican pizza. <laughs> you just changed it, Shaw. <laughs> Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode two of season one was entitled Children of the Comet. And this episode was all about a big fat comet. But don't call it a comet. Shaw, it's been <laughs> here for years. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> this, this episode aired on May the 12th, 2022, directed by Maha v- Vervillo. That's a very difficult name to, to pronounce. Yeah. Too many Vs, <laughs> not enough not enough vowels, and uh, not enough vowels between consonants. Too many That's Vs, not enough Ps. But the official <laughs> synopsis for this episode, Shaw, while on a survey mission, the USS Enterprise discovers a comet is going to strike an inhabited planet. While trying to unlock the comet's secrets, Pike and Number One deal with a group of zealots who want to prevent any interference. So, like I said in my captain's log, this is the follow-up to the fantastic premiere of Strange New Worlds. And Shaf, I just have one question for you: Is it continuing its rise? Is the level and quality of this show? Still up there, or did we take a dip in, in episode number two? Zero dip, sir. Woo! No, this this show is just keeps. I mean, it's it's only two episodes in, but I mean, we are just like staying steady in the frenzy that is really good track. Yes, uh, really, really good track. And maybe it's the episodic format. Mm. I'm not sure, but it's they're firing on all cylinders. It's great. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is, I think. This is my favorite show right now on television. Um, it's the one that I look forward to the most. Besides doing it for this podcast, I, I say to myself, I really want to watch the next episode as soon as the previous one is finished. So it gi- it's giving me that same nostalgic feeling of the next generation or the original series. I'm getting that those vibes from this, and I just can't... I, I could not be happier, Shaf. It's just... Fantastic stuff. So I'm, I'm very happy. This episode, um, specifically kind of an Uhura-focused episode, and did a great job with Celia Rose Gooding. Um, not Cuba's uh, relative. <laughs> I think I feel so bad that I assumed, <laughs> I assumed she was related. Well, I don't know any other Gooding, so that definitely, uh, especially if, if you're in Hollywood and you're an actor... You're probably if you if your last name is Gooding, I, that's the first person I'm going to think about. So yeah, I, I would I would have thought at least maybe like a distant cousin or something along those lines, but no. And it's good on her that she's not. I'll tell you this though, um, after watching this episode, I did a little bit of digging uh, because I was like, man, she's great, she's she's awesome, and I want to know more about her yes. and her background. And I was like, okay, she's singing in this episode. She's got a great singing voice. Uh, I was like, she's got this really like youthful, wide-eyed wonder she's bringing to the character. She's just great. And so I looked her up on on Wikipedia, which is your source for all things potentially true about people. <laughs> um, and she is actually an American actress and singer. She made her Broadway debut in the role of Mary Frances, uh, who goes by Frankie Healy, in the rock musical Jagged Little Pill, which is that oh, Alanis Morissette dang. rock musical. Uh, and she actually won a 2021 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. So, oh, wow. So uh, Jagged Little Pill won. Um, and, and she was nominated for a 2020 Tony Award for Best Actress in a Featured Role uh, in a Musical. So, like, her work in the, in Broadway 
definitely has carried over only the second episode in and she's been able to show off her singing ability. So that's really cool. It makes me wonder if it was her singing ability that influenced the writing of the show to have this element of music play into the plot where she would have to sing or if it was just dumb luck, mm. like, you know, like yeah. they, they cast her based on her, her, just her acting ability. And then they're like, Hey, is there any chance you can keep pitch and sing well? And, uh, and she's like bloom out of the water. Like, Oh God, it's so good. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they definitely, they knew what they had on their hands and I loved anytime they played to someone's strengths like that, um, it's always a good time. And, and any type of a musical, um, anything that involves, you know, music in the plot, I'm I'm usually a pretty big fan of it. Check out the Geek So To Speak podcast for our review of Doctor Strange for a musical uh, scene that I was not a big fan of. But <laughs> this one... I wasn't either. For sure. I was uh, very much loving that, um, you know, the the mathematical equations and the the... Um, all of the music terms that they use and the, and the the bars and the resonance and everything. So I was really enjoying um, all of those things. And you know what I was thinking about, Shaf? There's a voice in here, and, and I haven't looked this up, so I don't know. Do you know the zealot um, or the space monk, as he was referred to? Do you know if that was a famous person, or, or am I, in my mind, casting this person? God, that's a good question. I wondered the same thing, but I did not take any time to go digging. But you're right. He had a such a um, a warm, interesting, very resonant voice. And uh, it made me wonder because it, it, it kind of, to me, it almost felt like, I'm not saying it sounded like this person, but it had the same um, presence, was F. Murray Abraham Ooh. as Khonshu in uh in uh disney slash marvel's uh moon knight so uh that whole like that booming voice very warm very resonant like uh that it sent me right there when i was listening to this guy talk i was like oh man he's cool what i did watch though on the ready room for this episode uh, they were showing some behind the scenes footage and that character was achieved via puppetry oh so his his like his head or his like alien like face and whatnot the everything except for his mouth was all done with puppetry um of people like off to the side like using like prosthetics and and animatronics and things like that um and then the rest of it was just placed on top of an actual person and so he's in the rest of the costume conveying like with hand motions or his how he's turning his head or uh his and, and it's the person who's talking too so um, just really, really, really cool that they didn't just rely strictly on a visual effect that he's just not fully CGI. He is an actual practical effect. So yes. very cool. Very nice. Um, I just looked him up. The, it is not who I thought it was. I thought it was JK Simmons. That's who I was getting a vibe. Oh. Of. But it uh, looks like it's Tom Merritt and I'm not familiar with him. Um, but huh. yeah, he was the shepherd captain. So definitely that puppetry um, fact is very interesting, Shaf. I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch all of the Ready Room before we we're recording this episode, um, just due to life circumstances. But I, oh, I sure, I sure. do want to get to the rest of that. So that sounds very interesting. Um, we are busy dads, so yes. you know, finding the time between uh, full time jobs, tending, uh, being doubtful 
uh, husbands to our wives and, and of course, our chillins. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's hard. It's hard to manage anything else. So I try. I definitely had to find time to watch Strange New Worlds. But I'm really excited and glad I did. Yes, uh, because it's so good. Did I uh, now, Vector? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we already uh, share the synopsis of this yes. episode? I can't remember. Yes, we okay, did. Okay, cool. Cool. You know, as um, I, was, I feel like we got a little bit into spoilers, but should we throw up a red, a red alert just in oh, case? Oh yeah, let's go ahead and do that right now. Okay. Um, I I wrote a bunch of notes. Did you have uh, notes related to this episode? Stuff you wanted to bring up? There wasn't anything um, specific, but I did want to say when I was watching it, the first thing that that popped out in my mind was, and I wanted to tell you this, but I didn't side message you. So I wanted to wait for the podcast. Oh, he's saving it for the pod. I think the cast is the strongest element of Strange New Worlds. And that's the exact same thing that I got out of the J.J. Abrams Kelvin timeline films. It was that was the first thing I fell in love with was the cast and their chemistry and their connection to each other. Um, after that, it was Michael Giacchino's score. It was the action, all of those things. But with Strange New Worlds, I'm getting that exact same feeling where I like every member of the cast, every crew member. I'm enjoying the only one that for me is, is a little bit tough is Ethan Peck Spock. And maybe you can give me a little bit of, of your experience with him on, he was on discovery as well, right? Yeah. Discovery okay. season two. Yeah. So it's hard to not see Zachary Quinto or uh, Leonard Nimoy as Spock to me. Like that, even though there's just been so little, uh, so few cast people have, have been playing that character. It's, it's hard to see another person cast in that. So yeah, it's just That's been fair. a little bit of rough t- transition for me because I didn't I, I hadn't gotten to him in Discovery yet. So this is my first experience with him at all. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, I think that because I had the Discovery under my belt already, I've already fully accepted him as Spock. Uh, so, uh, I mean, granted, this is a Spock that's already been through all of those things in Discovery. This is mild, mild spoilers for Discovery, but he's a different Spock in in discovery. He's, um, confused. Uh, he's disoriented. He's got a beard. He, he's not the Spock that, that we all know, um, and remember from whether it be Leonard Nimoy or Zachary Quinto, like, um, he was definitely something different and it was maybe a difficult pill to to swallow for the discovery fans seeing this, but, seeing him now kind of as full fledged Spock, he, all that, the trauma and stuff that he experienced in uh, season two of discovery is behind him. Um, it's, uh, I, I think it, it's for me, it's okay. For the only thing about Ethan Peck's, uh, Spock that really sticks out to me that I'm having a tough time with are his sideburns. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I made a note. Uh, I was like, what is going on with Spock's sideburns? They're like, they, in the original series, like they came to a point, like they had like a little, like um, a slight flare to them and they curved, but his do this like weird, like spermy tail thing <laughs> where they're like, yeah. they come to a point and then they do like this little like slithery snake down the side of his cheeks. I'm just like, why, why, why? First of all, how do you <laughs> even do that? Like the amount of time you must spend tending to your facial hair, like to accomplish that, like just, 
just make it come to a point, dude. Like I, I'm hoping by th- episode three, he's like, yeah, I tried it. <laughs> it was popular. It was trending viral on, on, uh, <laughs> on Instagram of Take the spot. future. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had the same thing. Every time I see him, that was, uh, kind of some, you know, that in the eyebrows is like, Oh, that looks a little bit strange, but, um, I love the the comic relief that they've given Spock to do in these in these episodes, the first one and two, and you know what? It's kind of like that Drax from Guardians, where you know taking everything literally, everything yeah. logical, and him learning. And and Data was kind of like that too, you know, like no emotion, learning how to laugh, learning humor, and that's what we had a, a huge dose of in this episode was. Spock learning when to laugh. They they really set it up. It was that Chekhov's gun at the beginning where they're like, hey, Spock, you know, this is when you're supposed to laugh. And I was like, okay. I turned <laughs> to my wife. He's going to laugh by the end of this episode. And then he did. Um, but that was actually another thing. As I told you in our private Discord message, my wife walked by as I was uh, watching this episode. And she immediately said, that looks good. Like just the look of it looks good. And she said, this show overall looks really good. And I was telling her, yeah, the production value on, on here is, is super high. It looks oh, yeah. really good. And uh, I told her, yes, it's a great show. You, you need to start watching it. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, earlier today, my wife, Sarah was like, <laughs> she said to me, and she was just like, a, it was like a cool confession. She was like, I, I miss Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> um, she's like, I miss that show. I miss the characters. I miss just like the circumstances. And I was like, you know, if you're craving like a really good sci-fi show with like a good, a really good cast centering around a ship that everyone wants to protect. I mean, granted, BSG was far more violent mm-hmm. than Strange New Worlds uh, has been so far. But and and definitely Strange New Worlds is far more hopeful <laughs> than BSG is. Uh, but I was like, if you're interested in something like that, you might want to check out Strange New Worlds. And then I saw the article that we referenced earlier saying that uh, this show is bringing non-Trek fans to Star Trek. So I was like, we should watch this together. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. So like, that's a huge step. Because um, she would... Nothing against her. her just, she's just not interested in Star Trek shows. So um, so this might be something that would be like a gateway drug oh. <laughs> for her when it comes to Star Trek. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Man, I am very excited to get all of my family and friends into Strange New Worlds. I've actually been telling a lot of my friends who are not Star Trek fans. I said, you guys should probably watch Strange New Worlds. Either use it as a jumping on point to get into Trek or... Just just as a sci-fi show, not even trying to get you to drink the Kool-Aid or to get you to, to go <laughs> further. Just watch this show and you'll have a good time. It's it's just a well-made show in 2022 right now. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm really feeling the vibes of Strange New Worlds, Shop. Um, I probably haven't oh, said yeah. that enough. <laughs> Me too. You know, I think what I really like about this show is they're really great at their ability to walk a really fine line of nostalgia mm. mixed with modern touches. Yes. Because it, honestly, it makes me want to watch a remaster of the original series. Yes. 
under this show's framework, can you imagine how interesting and and engaging the show would be? Like original series is great, but you all you have to kind of look around mm-hmm. the bad special effects. Yes. Like you have to yeah. like make a lot of concessions to be able to be able to appreciate it. You're like, oh well, this is back in the 70s. Yes. What do you want? Right. Um, whereas like now, like they're they're able to pay homage to that show and create sort of a similar environment, but also make it updated and make it seem like a fresh show with technology that makes sense, but isn't breaking the timeline in terms of like what the enterprise should look like or how it, you know, how it should be. Right. So I think they do a really great job of that. Um, and you're, like you said, the cast is really great. We've got some, we got to, to interact or get more time with some other characters. Like, uh, we got to meet Hemmer, uh, who is the chief engineer. He's an Andorian, but specifically he's a, an albino, uh, Andorian. So that their group is called the Aenean, I think is uh, the species name. Um, and he's like almost completely blind and the actor playing him is almost completely blind. So that's really cool. Yeah, I remember um, appara- that, I was yeah. I was reading an article uh, in an interview uh, with I think his name is Bruce Horvac, I think is his name. Uh, anyways, uh, the guy who plays Hammer. If I'm if I'm mistaken on his name, my apologies. I don't have it in front of me. But um, he was talking with uh, the interviewer, and uh, they were talking about like, hey, how was your audition process? Like, what did it take to be to get on the show? And he was saying that. He wanted to really wow because he knew that the scene was going to be the scene with Uhura uh, and she like her coming up to him while he's cutting up vegetables and stuff like that. And he, he wanted to do like something really special. And so he was trying uh, during like his like preparations for the auditions. He was trying to throw up carrots and catch them in his mouth. <laughs> um, he was uh, juggling apples because apparently he's like a great juggler oh, wow. as well. Like, uh, so he was doing all sorts of really fun stuff to get this part. And even though we don't get to see that in this episode, we do see that he can catch, you know, something that flies behind him, uh, as Spock threw him a carrot. Right? <laughs> so yeah, like, that was a great moment. So that was really cool. We also get to, uh, meet, uh, what's his name? Sam. Yeah. Sam Kirk. Yes. Uh, brother of James T. Kirk, older brother. Uh, and I was like, in this episode, first of all, I'm like, this mustache, this mustache, <laughs> they, they even called it out. They even called out the mustache. He's like, like I'm kind of liking the mustache. I'm like, I'm kind of not liking the mustache. Uh, but it, I saw some memes online sh- <laughs> comparing his entrance in the first episode to the entrance on Galaxy Quest <laughs> when a guy... Re- well, his name, he plays a character named Guy. Sam Rockwell's character yes. uh, appears on the bridge at the end of the movie when they like relaunch the the TV series, and he he has like a character on the <laughs> on the show, <laughs> <laughs> just like super smiley, but with a big like gross mustache. Like that's basically Sam Kirk right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and just a little update. You were correct. It was Bruce Horak um, is the actor. Okay. Cool. Yes. Um, yeah, Thank that you. was great for um any, anything with with his character, I, I found um, interesting, and that was actually the scene that my wife walked in on was when they were all eating and um, trying to get Spock to to laugh and and understand human hu- human humor. Um, so all of that was funny. You know what, Shuff? I forgot to mention this episode begins with a cadets log for Uhura. Um, that's as far as I know the first time they've ever done a cadets log. 
um, on live action. Now they do it on lower decks um, as they're like junior officers. Um, right. But yeah, they. I, I found that interesting because, like I said, this is a very much Uhura themed episode, um, and I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wonder if each episode is going to have a character focus like that. Ooh. I hope it does. Yeah, that would be cool. And I was thinking about that, too. I was like, that's what's been missing from Discovery. That's what's been missing from Star Trek uh, Picard. Um, these newer shows, it's... Uh, there's the, When the focus is on a serialized story arc, then you can't spend too much time on these other characters, these minor characters, because you have to propel the story along. But if you're doing episodic storytelling, then you can have a serialized character development. So even though episode over episode, the plots are going to change, these characters are growing from each episode. And so you're getting to know these characters on a more intimate level. And especially if they get these, uh, these features, uh, depending on the episode, this one was of course for Uhura, um, I mean, it just made me like this character more. It just made me like her as an actress more. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what they do with the other uh, characters on the show and give us a chance to spend some time with some of the ones we might not normally know. Because I will tell you this, and I feel bad about this, on Discovery, I've watched four seasons, and I loved everything everything about it. But if you were to ask me, and my life was on the line, if I could name the entire crew on the bridge of discovery, I would, I would die. Oh no. Because they, they don't give you episodes that let you sink your teeth into Mm. these characters. You get passing moments and you have to like grasp onto those things, but like that's tough. So this, this show is really doing a great job of that. And that's a lot of what made TNG, TOS, deep space nine Voyager. Great. You had time to focus on these individual actors and characters and really uh, embrace them and get to know them. So that, I love that. Yeah. That's something that I was really, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. And I don't know why, but I guess just looking from the outside in, I thought discovery was like that. Um, I thought it was episodic when I, when I was just, you know, when it was on my, when it was in the, the uh, background of my radar and I wasn't watching it um, intently. And obviously I wasn't doing this podcast, but I, I just kind of assumed that discovery was like that. So it's interesting um, when I get to it, I will uh, report back, but I'm very much like digging this. I, I almost feel like this is how it should always be. The episodic is what we grew up on and the, the format, like we talked about in previous episode and on the ready room, they talked about it. It's kind of a hybrid mix of the episodic and then the serialized storytelling where the characters are not forgetting from week to week what's happening. They're carrying their memories with them. And there is a overall progression of their characters, but each story or each episode is like just, it has its own arc. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, this format and this storytelling and, and, I just can't wait to see what comes next. Um, I think there was a funny moment when I was watching that. Uh, you mentioned Kirk's brother, Sam, earlier. When he got zapped, I just <laughs> I was like, is he wearing a red shirt? I, I thought he was a goner. I said, all right, is this how they take him out? Because they've already cast 
Tiberius. They've already yeah, cast Yeah, James T. Him. Kirk, that's right. And he's going to be in next season. So where does Sam go? Like, I I thought he has to leave. Like, there has to be a space for uh, James to come in. And so where does Sam go? So then I was thinking, oh, well, okay, they'll probably just kill him right now. Um, that was not the case, as we saw. Um, but <laughs> I just thought that was funny. When he when he got electrocuted, I immediately thought, all right, that's the way he's, he's getting out of here. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's done. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> um, you know what's so funny is I had the same note <laughs> oh i i wrote down as soon as it happened i was like well this is it <laughs> see you later see you later sam yeah that um <laughs> that was definitely something now um i don't know a whole lot about his character like in the star trek mm. timeline of things so like how long he does he have i from what i understand i think that he goes off and like stays on an outpost and like makes, has a family and stuff like that. Like, I just don't think that his time on the enterprise is going to be super long, but I, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be some tragic scenario, but, um, I only know that after trying to do a little bit of research on him after I saw the episode. So, um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, the exact details, but I feel like his, his end is not a tragic one unless they decide to, to change it. You know, obviously they have the, the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, apparently I'm just was doing a little bit of Googling while you were speaking. He was introduced in the original series episode, operation annihilate. And he dies in that episode. Um, Oh, he does. Yeah. I don't know how, but it says he dies in the same episode. Um, so this is the 29th, and the final episode of the first season. Um, so I might have to watch that tonight. Um, maybe it'll be kind of like Hot Tub Time Machine, where <laughs> you're just like watching the show, waiting for him to kick the bucket. It's like Crispin Glover. When's he going to lose his arm? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice um, show. <laughs> there's there's one thing about this show that's also present on Discovery, and I assume also was present on this most recent season of Picard, but there's a newer technology that they're using when they're filming these shows and it's called the AR wall. So it's an augmented reality wall. So instead of being like against a green screen, typical format, they're actually uh, up against a bunch of screens that are port They're They're, they're displaying what you would be seeing. So oh. when like when they were in that chamber inside the comet, where it was like inside the structure and they were interacting with the egg, that whole structure that they were inside of when they were on that set, that whole thing behind them is an AR wall displaying what it looks like. So from an actor perspective, instead of going and trying to act and, and pretend like you're on this planet or on this, this flying comet or whatever, like you're actually seeing this happening around you. So it, it allows for, I think, a more real uh, reaction yeah, from the actors and actresses. So it's really cool. And, and they've mentioned it a few times on The Ready Room. Uh, I know it's on the most recent one, but they've also talked about it on Discovery uh, for their fourth season and how much it's changed the game. Ooh. It's um, it's an incredible sight to see. So if you're not familiar with the AR wall, I would highly direct your guys' attention to Paramount Plus's uh, extras, specifically within uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, this episode, um, the one where Will Wheaton uh, interviews uh, Celia Rose 
uh, Gooding, nice. and she also he also uh, I think talks to the showrunner of um, of Strange New Worlds as well. But uh, there's a part in there where they talk about the air wall, and it's it's amazing. So okay, yeah, that's really really cool. That's definitely up my alley. I love all type of like technological setups and with the Mandalorian and and Star Wars and talking about the um, and now I'm blanking on it, the vault or um, whatever it's called, but just the the all the LED screens that are around it instead of green screens where they're projecting the background. And I, I could not tell you the difference. Like it looked like they were on an alien planet on the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that the AR walls, this sounds right up my alley. So thank you, Shop. I, I'm gonna look look at this tonight. <laughs> the, you are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to say about the episode and just the show in general is that I might, might have a man crush on Captain Pike. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, can't help myself. This guy is the perfect mix of business and casual. I love the way he delivers his lines. You can tell he's having fun. You can tell he loves what he does. You can tell that even like as an actor and as the character, they're both having a good time. Like that is so cool. Cause Picard's great. One of my favorite captains ever, but he's stuffy. Like he's Mm -hmm. stoic. You don't, you're not going to get a whole lot of playfulness out of him. And Pike is definitely not like that. So it's just a nice change to go from Picard to Pike. Yeah. Um, You know, I got some heavy Chris Pine vibes of his Kirk, like just the personality and when when they talked to the when he was talking to the um, the the shepherd or the monk, the space monk, and just kind of charisma coming off of him, I got the same type of vibe that I got from Chris Pine, which is why I loved Chris Pine's Kirk. Was I felt like I wanted to be his friend. I felt like like he's a like funny guy, and um, like I said, just exudes some type of charisma that that you really like. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I even t- said to my wife, I said, that's a handsome man. That man right there is a handsome man. And <laughs> when um, our buddy Frank was on, um, when we, we talked on episode nine of Picard, and I think we were looking forward to Strange New Worlds, I told him, I said, Anson Mount, I actually thought would make a good Superman, just his, his jawline and, and kind of structure. And we saw him in Doctor Strange as... Black Bolt, and he was in the um, the Inhuman show as well, and that was yeah. Um, so he's got kind of a superhero captain background, but I think this role right here, and this is another thing I was telling my wife, I think this role is what is he's going to be known for. I think this is what is going to elevate his career, and I think in ten years' time we're going to be talking about him as Pike. That's going to be our our memory of him. So yeah, even just two episodes in, I'm right there with you. He's one of the best parts of the show and um, I can definitely see him doing it for a long time. Yeah. I think what's awesome is we already know that we're getting a second season. Yes. Like they, they're, they were actively uh, in the midst of filming it. So we know we don't have to say goodbye to these characters anytime soon, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like Pike's foreboding, like knowing that he's going to die tragically, but saving a bunch of people. uh, We know that's not supposed to happen for like 10 years, but um, like part of me wonders if this show is sort of hinting that they're going to, 
he has the ability to change his fate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of me thinks, part of me hopes that that's not the case though. I, I think it's better that he just knows like, and if him embracing his destiny, like, you know, um, so I kind of hope they don't go the option of like creating an alternate future for him. Um, but then again, we don't have to worry about what's happening to him 10 years from now because we're just in that first year. So, right. um, so I think we've got a lot more time to enjoy him and I hope that we get many more seasons. If it's anything like this, I hope that just like discoveries on season four, I hope that we'll be talking about strange new world season four and beyond, uh, eventually. So, Oh yeah, I'm right there with you, Chef. So I think that's going to wrap up our episode recap of Star Trek strange new worlds. Season one, episode two, Children of the Comet. Uh, Shaf and I both really enjoyed this episode, and I think the quality is just continuing to rise. So we will continue to cover it here on Technological, and uh, we will hopefully you will join us on every episode. Shaf, any life updates this week? Um, well, you know, just, uh, this is the, uh, second week. So officially my, uh, new baby girl, uh, she is two weeks and like two days. Yeah. Two weeks and two days old. Um, she got her first chiropractic adjustment today. Uh, so that was, that was, uh, it was amazing. She was, she was a little bit upset initially, but as soon as like things were moved in the, in a very positive way, for her, like she immediately like quieted down. She was <laughs> laying like fully stretched out. Whereas when you know babies are typically born, they're like really like crunched up. So chiropractic is really good for for newborns nice. since they've been spending ten months inside uh, their mommy right. <laughs> in a cramped studio apartment. <laughs> so uh, so that that was uh, really good. Um, honestly, I've been back to work. This is my first week back to work and, and everything as well. So it's been a, it's been a challenge. It's been a very busy, busy week. Um, but as far as I'm trying to think of anything, Star Trek related, um, nothing really Star Trek related outside of watching stranger worlds. I've just been really loving the show. Um, I have been working on getting caught up on saga, which is a comic book that Captain Vactor has recommended to me. Yes. And uh, Vactor, the update, as of right before we started recording the podcast, I got to issue 32. So uh, I believe there's 58 issues or there will be 58 issues. Yes. Currently, right now, there's 58 issues. Okay. 59 comes out in two weeks. So I definitely think Shoff will be caught up by the time issue 59 comes out. But listeners, Saga is the best comic book that is currently being produced. Written by my favorite writer of all time, Brian K. Vaughn. So that's my plug. It's not a Star Trek comic, but it is sci-fi. And if you're a fan of things that I like then and Shoff likes, then I think we can highly recommend Saga. So Yeah, Saga is great, especially as a dad. Um, oh, yeah, right. I, f- I feel like when I first started reading it, it was right maybe not too far after becoming a dad officially for the first time. And then now I'm, I came back to it. Like I took a break from it and now I'm coming back to it, uh, being a dad for the second time. And I just really like being in the, the thick of the story while being in the thick of being a dad of two. So, uh, so it's been, it's been really great. Um, I highly recommend it. And uh, of course I also highly recommend, uh, we love comics, which yeah. is uh, another podcast within our network, hosted by Vactor, uh, his good pal Marcus Seabury, yeah. uh, occasional guest 
Hunter Camp. And then I actually had a, a brief uh, shining moment on this week's episode as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but if you're interested in comic books, definitely uh, Vector is your guy for all of that information. 100%. Actually, I'm going to try, besides watching The Ready Room, I'm also going to try to read a comic before I go to sleep tonight. And um, also going to try to watch that episode of the original series. And, and I want to see Sam Kirk die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much um, to all of our listeners. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, all of my life updates have to do with doing every podcast on the geek, so to speak podcast network. <laughs> so check all those out. Uh, we've got geek. So to speak the big zaddy as Shuff likes to say, we've got, we love comics, which is the comic book podcast and the Sandbox Gamers, which is our video game podcast, which is also on episode 12. Um, so we're going neck and neck, technological and the Sandbox Gamers. But highly recommend all of our shows. You can check those out at geeksotospeak.com slash network. If you want to find technological on all the socials, just go to Trechnopod on Instagram and Twitter. That's where we're posting. We're also posting on YouTube. If anybody consumes their podcast through YouTube, you can check us out. Um, just search for Trechnological. I would highly recommend you leave us a great review, if you are so inclined, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And let all of your family and friends know that we are here and we are always bringing the Trek to their lives Shaf, I very much enjoy doing this show, and I can't wait to review and recap more Strange New Worlds and when Lower Decks comes back and maybe Prodigy. But I, there's just, I've told you this before, Shaf, it is a fantastic time right now to be a <laughs> Trek fan. I'm, I'm loving this era that we're in right now in 2022. I've coined it the trek Nassance. Yes. Patent yes. pending. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Listeners, we are going to continue to talk about the Treknosance in our world, uh, but I believe our mission of the week is complete, Shaw. Vactor and Shaw here, two to beam up. Live long and prosper.